This is Shark Bait, and this is Shark Bait's Chumline Podcast for Monday, April 22nd, 2013. On today's podcast, we're going to be looking at the Maryland Shark Fin Band, a uh, new shark spotting network called the Seven Gale Shark Network. Report about how sharks dive deeper when there's a full moon, and end it with some conservation about illegal shark fishing and a fine that's been levied. Find about that from the Shark Defenders. So, let's get right into it. We will go on about the ban that's been going on for shark fins in the state of Maryland. Um, This resource comes from us, from the Sentinel. This is online. And right now, there's a ban on the distribution, possession, sale, and trade of shark fins in Maryland. Okay, right now, it's a ban on the distribution, possession, sale, and trail of shark fins in Maryland that passed through the General Assembly. Uh, the ban is an attempt to curtail shark fin supply and demand, and it's probably contributing to the collapse of the shark populations. Um, right now, Maryland will join five other states with that ban, and that would be Washington, Oregon, California, Hawaii, and Illinois. As many of you know, it's already illegal in the U.S. to remove a shark's fin and discard the rest of the fish that die in the water, um, because that's basically what's been probably driving the high demand for shark fin soup. Um, in Maryland, however, there are 15 what they call watermen, and they are basically the fishermen, um, kind of a commercial fishermen, that, uh, who have the permits to fish for sharks in the Maryland waters. And they provide about 10 restaurants, the, I guess, the shark for the shark fin soup. However, one of the interesting things of this was that an amendment was added to this law to exempt smooth dogfish and spiny dogfish sharks. And those account for most of the shark harvest in Maryland. Um, the reason they did this is obviously to kind of uh, placate the commercial fishermen by taking away the, the, the shark fishing aspect of it. And, you know, for whatever reason, the dogfish aren't really considered sharks. So they kind of gave them that um, by taking away the uh, the sharks and the shark fin band. But again, we're talking about 15 uh, fishermen here. Um, this kind of goes along with it. This is from the Gazette, and this is a, again about the uh, Maryland shark fin bill. And I'll read this one to you. Um, basically, the bill is being sent, uh, sponsored by Senator Brian Frosch. Uh, he introduced it and passed the Senate last year, but it was held up in the House. Um, yeah, we've already gone over the issue about shark fins, and basically, uh, Senator Frosch. To quote him, we have a global problem. We have a problem in Chesapeake Bay because sharks are being killed just for their fins in many places in the world. This is a bill that takes a small step toward fixing that. Um, but in talking about the dogfish, those, that dogfish catch accounts for about 99% of the sharks that the uh, Maryland fishermen are taking. So in doing and in, in allowing the, uh, the dogfish to be exempt from this, you know, you're, you're talking about a 1% of the sharks that are being brought in can now not be used for shark fin soup. So I don't really see how that is such an economic hardship on the uh, on the watermen. However, I'm not there. I'm not in Maryland. 
it very well could be, but you know, you're talking about one percent here, so uh, you know, I find it highly unlikely um, because I do say, um, the, you know, the reason their exemption from the bill is watermen argued that the bill would affect their ability to sell their takes in Maryland. Um, now, someone who I guess is, is who's opposing this is James Mathias Jr., and to quote him. This issue is already being addressed federally, and he opposes the bill because he says it puts another burden on over-regulated commercial watermen. And to quote again, this is just another part of that burden. In addition to everything else these commercial watermen have to do when they go out and work the seas and come back in. So what do they do? They go to Delaware, they go to Virginia. Um, so again, it's I'm not really seeing how a if 99% of the sharks being brought in to the Maryland fisheries or dogfish, which are still okay. I don't see how that 1% is accounting for anything. Um, so, uh, it's great. Maryland is passing this bill. However, you know, it, I, don't, I don't know that it's really accomplished anything if uh, if there's still, you know, that 1%. But I guess it's the shark fin soup um, aspect of it. Okay, we're going to move on here. And next on the uh, agenda was the, uh, the Seven Gill Shark Network. And uh, again, we'll get this up on, uh, online, but the uh, link here is sevengillsharksightings.org. And it's a partnership between uh, the website and the Global Shark Observations Network, which is uh, administered by Jeffrey Gallant. He's the director of the Greenland Shark and Alaska Rank Education and Research Group in Canada. And basically, it's going to allow divers to uh, log their sightings into a single database. It's going to be uh, worldwide, so you're not having several of them all over. Um, they're allowing submissions of photos and video as part of the initial uh, observation. Um, and this is to quote the, the website, I have honored the request of certain divers who have contributed to our project to keep the locations approximate and not make exact GPS numbers public. So all locations are approximate. Um, and they have several rules here on how, how to do it. Um, and it sounds pretty much easy. Um, when you go on the website, on the top, you'll see uh, Seven Gill Encounter. And you put the data in there and follow the instructions. You know, also do it on your Android. It's a QR code, so you can just do that, and you install the Shark Spotter app. Um, so there's more there. There's links here, so where you can see it on Scientific American, Marine Science Today. You know, so it, it's a good things for those seven gilled sharks, which uh, you know you don't really see too much. Um, so great having that out there. All right, next we're going to move on to a, a thing that just came out recently within the last few weeks week or so I saw it, and it's that they're finding that, uh, according to an, a study in Australia, that sharks will dive deeper when there's a full moon. Um, this is over the course of this, about three years, and researchers from Australia they observed 39 gray reef sharks, and most of those were uh, females, and it was, they were living near coral reefs in Palau, Micronesia, just east of the Philippines. Uh, in the winter, the shark stayed closer to the surface, basically about 115 feet, um, where it was usually a warmer. Um, 
The sharks then plunged deeper when the seasonal temperatures started rising in the spring, going to an average of about 200. So instead of 115, they're going down to 200. And the sharks also changed their behavior in sync with the lunar cycle, um, diving deeper during the full moon, but sticking to the shallows with the new moon. And with previous tagging studies, they showed that other open water predators, like the swordfish, yellowfin, and big-eyed tuna, um, also do this. Um, this suggests that the moon's brightness may sway the movements of many big fish. Uh, looks like there's a solar um, component to this, so the sun seems to have a, an effect. The sharks hit their greatest depth at midday, when the most sunlight broke through the water column, and then began going back up to the surface in the afternoon. Basically, the researchers involved with this believe tendencies might help great research conserve uh, great reef sharks conserved energy, find food, and possibly avoid the bigger sharks. Um, this is to quote one of the uh, the researchers, Gabrielle Viana from the University of Western Australia. And to quote her, in places such as Palau, which relies heavily on rain tourism and where sharks are a major tourist attraction worth $18 million a year, the fishing of a few dozen sharks from popular dive sites could have a very negative impact on the national economy. This is potentially a big concern because it could happen just in a couple of days. Um, so basically, uh, they're kind of pointing out that by knowing the patterns because of the lunar cycle, um, that might be able to help the animals not being a target species. And that'll move on to the last part, speaking of targeted species. And this is on shark defenders, and this is that an illegal shark fishing vessel was fined $120,000. Um, it was basically fishing in the Republic of the Marshall Islands, where there was a shark sanctuary. The owners of the vessel have been fined $120,000, or basically about $2,400 for each shark that was found on board. It's basically owned by a company in Hong Kong, Lun Sao Enterprises. So on uh, the Shark Defenders website, they talk about the uh, Marshall Islands Marine Resources Authority Director, Glenn Joseph, um, and this was, I guess, on Wednesday, that the shark fins and skins confiscated from a vessel that fished under the... Uh, the Marshall Islands fishing venture to be publicly burned in the near future. Basically, the the quote from the director here is, we will not relicense a vessel to fish in Marshall Islands waters. The message we want to get at anyone operating in Marshall Islands waters is that we are serious and it is the law. So, they, uh, to, to, to end the, the, the piece here on shark defenders, they uh, end with a very uh, a good sentence here. They continue to lead the world in terms of shark policy, as well as shark sanctuary enforcements. So that'll about do it for this week. Um, no, I shouldn't say that. You never know. I may pop on with uh, if it, uh, you know, more news comes about. Again, still uh, trying to get some interviews lined up. Um, that's been kind of the, the holdup here. Is uh, why well, I haven't gotten any out in a while. I've um, been waiting for some interviews to come through. I've got some leads. So hopefully soon, especially as the the weather gets warmer, people start their uh, shark operations up, we'll be getting uh, some more people in there. So thanks for tuning in. And again, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Just search for Shark Bait in the podcasts. You can check out all the podcast resources on the blog, www.sharkbhumline.blogspot.com. 
You can like us on Facebook, search for Sharkbait Chumline. You can also follow me on Twitter at SharkBHum. If you want to give me some feedback, need some emails, let me know if there's something you want covered. Do you have an event? Do you know someone who needs to be uh, interviewed, wants to be interviewed? Do you want to be interviewed? Let me know. Um, always looking for people to contribute to the show. I welcome it. So, if you want to send me a message, see what you can do. You can get a hold of me at sharkbait at sharkbaitpod.com. So, that'll wrap this show up. And I will see you next time. And in the meantime, Mr. Finn, what do you got to say? Sharks are Thank you.